So it's a pleasure being here once again. And to everyone who listened to this segment, I would like to say thank you for the support. And I hope that each day that you listen, that you're able to learn something new. So, brethren, it's a continuation today from where I had stopped off last week. I spoke about um, the destiny of Israel is inextricably linked to its Sabbaths. And today, I would like to speak about the Apostle Paul. And the question that I have today to share is, was the Apostle Paul a Sabbath keeper after he became a Christian? So that's the topic at hand today, and the discussion will follow towards such topic. Now, brethren, all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. So if you have one, you can take it out. And if not, you can always search online for the online version. So as I start, now I am aware that the more erudite among all Sabbath keeping sects usually say that. According to certain Sabbath references in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul kept the Sabbath after he became a Christian. Well, that conclusion could only come from one who did not read the entire book of Acts. Or it may be the conclusion of those who have been fed portions of Paul's evangelistic visits, which were marketed in such a way so as to convince you that the Apostle Paul kept the Sabbath after he became a Christian. Well, brethren, if you fall into either category, as I have just shared prior, I am now kindly asking that you consider the following diligently. And if you do consider such, you would certainly conclude, as I did that the Apostle Paul's Sabbath visits were no more than evangelistic campaigns undertaken on the Sabbath day, since that day was the most convenient one that lent itself to such a mission. Now, what I want us to also remember is that prior to St. Paul's conversion from Judaism to Christianity, he was one of the staunchest advocates of Judaism. That meant he was most assuredly an ardent Sabbath keeper at that time. So that's Acts chapter 22, verses 3 to 5, Acts chapter 26, verses 4 to 11, for confirmation. Now, you should recall that in all the defense which he made, he always contrasted his former life as a Jew with what he later stood for as a Christian. Then too, you should also observe that Paul's persecution resulted primarily because he no longer subscribed to Judaism and that his main persecutors were the very chief priests who previously authorized him to persecute the Christians of his day. And that's Acts chapter 22, verses 1 to 5, Acts chapter 26, verses 4 to 5, and verses 9 to 10. Now, to explain why he visited the Jews on the Sabbath day, as several references in the book of Acts indicate, let us allow the apostles to the Gentiles, which we can read in Romans chapter 11, verse 13, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, and 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, to explain for himself 
his seemingly contradictory Sabbath visits to us. Now, the following, my dear Sabbath-keeping friends and sympathizers, is the Apostles' own explanation. And I'll be reading from Romans chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, followed by 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. Now, verse 19 goes, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain, meaning convert the Jews, to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain, meaning win, them that are under the law, meaning the Jews, of course. Now, to them that are without the law, which is the Gentiles, which can be taken from Romans chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, as without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, as it means, turn to Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 for confirmation, that I might gain, meaning convert them that are without law, which is the Gentiles, of course. To the weak became I as the weak, that I might gain the weak. I am become all things to all men, that I might by all means save, S-A-V-E, some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. Now, brethren, those scriptures is the apostle's own straightforward explanation of his Sabbath visits to his Jewish brethren according to the flesh. Those visits were essentially missionary trips to win the Jews and not fellowship meetings. Therefore, to believe that the apostle Paul's visits to the synagogues on the Sabbath days were undertaken by him so that he might keep the Sabbath is a sure manifestation of one's ignorance of the difference between missionary campaigns and fellowship meetings. And time scenes and Sabbath-keeping friends. The fact that all of St. Paul's post-conversion, Sabbath visits were purely of an evangelistic nature rather than one of fellowship is further proven once one examines those Sabbath visits for one's self. Now, if for one reason or another, you were unable to study them for yourself. I hereby now purposely detail them for your convenience and timely scrutiny. So entire saints and brethren, we must remember that the Apostle Paul was commissioned by God to take the gospel to both Jews and Gentiles alike. That can be confirmed by reading Acts chapter 9 verse 15. Remembering what the Apostle himself said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 19 to 23. We see the Apostle on his first missionary trip preaching the gospel in the synagogues of the Jews on the Sabbath day, which can be confirmed by reading Acts chapter 13, verses 14 to 44. Now the question I'm about to ask, what was the result of this campaign 
So the following, my dear Sabbath keeping friends, explains that question. And it goes like this. But when the Jews, meaning the Sabbath keepers, saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So brethren, the apostles' evangelistic encounter continues. But the Jews, meaning the Sabbath keepers, stood up the devout and honorable woman and chief of the city and raised the persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their coast. So that was Acts chapter 13, verses 45 to 46 and verse 50. Now, soon after that incident that I just shared in Acts chapter 13, verses 45 to 46 and verse 50, they entered another Jewish synagogue, which can be confirmed by reading Acts chapter 14, verse 1. And the question I'm about to ask again, how did Paul and Barnabas fare on that Sabbath visit? And the following verses tell the tale. But the unbelieving Jews stood up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. But the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with the rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled into Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and into the region that lieth round about. So that's Acts chapter 14, verses 2 to 6. Now, having fled to Lystra, one would have thought that Paul and company would have escaped the vengeance of his Sabbath-keeping brethren, according to the flesh. But this was not to be. For they pursued them, even into Lystra, and succeeded in stoning Paul, and stopped only when they thought he was dead, as the following text clearly shows. And that's Acts chapter 14, verse 19, which states, And there came thither certain from Anitok and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Now, after that incident, Paul, having recovered by the grace of God, along with Barnabas, faithfully retraced his steps, confirming the souls of the disciples, and after having ordained elders in every church, not the synagogue, they commended the believers to the Lord. Then they returned to their home assembly, from which they were sent. So that's Acts chapter 14, verses 20 to 26. So the details just shared show that Paul's Sabbath visits of his first missionary journey. Then followed Paul's second missionary campaign. On this missionary trip, 
Paul's group visited the churches at Derbe and Lystra, not the synagogues, where they delivered the decrees or ordinances, as we might say, that were ordained of the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. This resulted in the churches being established in the faith, with their numbers increasing daily. So that's Acts chapter 16, verses 45. At Philippi, however, he visited a Saturday prayer meeting, which used to be held at a riverside. There, a purple merchant named Lydia received Christ, having accepted the gospel which Paul preached. So that Acts chapter 16, verses 13 to 15. Then, at Thessalonica, he visited the Jews on three consecutive Sabbaths in their synagogues, where he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And what was the result of this campaign, I asked. Brethren, some that heard the gospel believed. However, those Jews who did not believe, they moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company and set the city on an uproar. They assaulted the house of one Jason and sought to bring them out to the people, but failed in their bid since they could not find Paul's evangelistic team. So one can read Acts chapter 17, verse 5, as confirmation. Now, one would have thought that these enraged Sabbath keepers would have changed their minds when they did not find Paul and company. But this was not to be. For their hatred of Christianity would not allow them so to do. So this fact is borne out by the following quotes, which I'll be reading from Acts chapter 17, verses 6 to 8, which states, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason had received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So that's Acts chapter 17, verses 6 to 8. Now, to be sure, Paul and his evangelistic team only escaped the wrath of those Sabbath-keeping Jews because the brethren sent them away by night to Berea. So that's Acts chapter 17, verse 10, which one can read for themselves as confirmation. So at Berea, Paul, Silas, and Timothy could have had a successful missionary campaign, but this was also not to be. For although many of the Jews believed Having proven from the scriptures that Paul's Christian doctrines were biblically sound, that revival was also aborted by unbelieving Sabbath keepers, as the following text reveals. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul as it were to see. But Silas and Timotheus abode there still, 
And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens. So that's Acts chapter 17, verses 13 to 15. Now at Athens, Paul disputed, not worshipped, with the Jews in a synagogue, as Acts chapter 17, verse 17 states. Then at Corinth, every Sabbath day, he reasoned and persuaded both Jews and Greeks that Jesus was Christ. So as their friends, those Corinthian Jews opposed themselves and blasphemed, as can be confirmed by reading Acts chapter 18, verse 6. So this marked the beginning of the end of Paul's synagogue and Sabbath meetings. So after that incident, Paul decided to discontinue his Jewish Sabbath campaign as which can be confirmed by reading Acts chapter 18 verse 6. Instead, he started an assembly in a certain man's house named Justus a man that worshipped God, whose house was close to the synagogue as we read in Acts chapter 18, verse 7. That meant that Paul's teaching base was no longer the Jewish synagogues, although he would still pay them an odd visit in order to convert some of them to Christianity. So brethren, after that Acts chapter 18, verse 6 incident, Paul established his own congregation that consisted of the chief ruler of the synagogue, who, along with his entire household and many other Corinthians, became baptized members of the Church of Jesus Christ. So that's Acts chapter 18, verses 7 to 11. End time saints, please note that although Paul did not visit the synagogue of the Jews for one year and six months, the Jews, the Sabbath keepers, made insurrection against him, claiming that he persuaded men to worship God contrary to the law. This meant that Paul was not keeping any Sabbath. Because of this move, the Sabbath keepers decided to kill him Brethren, Paul only escaped with his life because the Roman deputy was not sympathetic to the prejudice of those Sabbath-keeping Jews. You can read Acts chapter 18, verses 12 to 16 as confirmation. At Ephesus, Paul alone visited the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. That's Acts chapter 18, verse 19 as confirmation. Then he traveled to Caesarea, then to Anitok, then to Galatia, and Phrygia in order to strengthen all the disciples of Jesus Christ. So that's Acts chapter 18, verses 22 to 23. After having visited all the churches in those parts, Paul returned to Ephesus where he met some disciples who knew only the baptism of John. Now, after having instructed them concerning Christianity, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, as we read in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 5. This done, hands were laid on them, and they received the promised baptism in the Holy Ghost, and spake with tongues. 
So that's Acts chapter 19, verse 6. As on the day of Pentecost and also as at Cornelius' house, see Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48 as confirmation. So this done, Paul held his final evangelistic synagogue campaign. And for three months, he disputed and persuaded his hearers concerning the kingdom of God. Now, after three months of disputing with the Jews, who rejected and spoke evil of the way, Paul separated his disciples from the Jews, the Sabbath keepers, and instead disputed daily in the school of one Tyrannus. Now, after having been separated from the Jews, Paul, I repeat, kept church in the school of one Tyrannus for two whole years. This resulted in the gospel being heard in all of Asia. So for confirmation, brethren, please read Acts chapter 19, verses 9 to 10. And time since, it is worth noting that as soon as the apostle Paul made his final break from the Jews, by ceasing to visit their synagogues on the Sabbath in an attempt to convert them, God honored that separation of his true church from mainstream Judaism by allowing special miracles to be wrought by the hands of Paul. Moreover, not only were miracles wrought by the laying on of Paul's hands, in addition, handkerchiefs, and aprons that were on Paul's body while he preached were so anointed that they transmitted that deliverance anointing to those who were possessed or otherwise diseased. Read Acts chapter 19, verse 8 to 12 as confirmation. This final break, brethren, resulted in the power of witchcraft being broken in that region while the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. So that's Acts chapter 19, verses 14 to 20. At Greece, Paul spent some three months, and no mention was made of any Sabbath visit. Notwithstanding, the Jews still tried to kill him. Therefore, to save himself, he departed to Troas. By this time, the doctrines of the church were well established. For although he and his team spent seven days at Troas, we observe that they subscribed to the New Testament pattern and kept the communion service on the first day of the week, even on Sunday. So that's Acts chapter 20, verses 6 to 12. Also, brethren, you can read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26 as additional confirmation. So, for further evidence that the early church worshipped on Sundays also. So, brethren, please note that, as I mentioned with the Sunday service, it had preaching communion and the raising of the dead neither was that sunday communion service held on the anniversary of the passover as can be seen by reading acts chapter 20 verse 6 
It was obviously held on the day on which the Apostle Paul was instructed by Jesus to celebrate sin. So this deduction finds textual support from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, and Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 to 12. At Tyre, he spent seven days, and again, no mention was made of any Sabbath visit. Next, he went to Caesarea, where he spent many days at the home of Philip the Evangelist. And still no mention was made of any Sabbath or synagogue visits. Read Acts chapter 21, verse 7 to 11 as confirmation. Yet, the Jews, the Sabbath keepers at Jerusalem, plotted to kill him. As Acts chapter 21, verse 11 to 14 states. As I come to an end of this segment, brethren, at Jerusalem, Paul had one of his worst encounters with the Jews. For although he compromised with them, he only escaped death by God's grace. For he was saved not by the Jews, but by the Roman militia. So read Acts chapter 21 verses 19 to 32 as confirmation. Still at Jerusalem, Certain Sabbath-keeping Jews bounded themselves in an oath to go without food or drink until they killed Paul. Here again, he escaped death by the providence of God. So that's Acts chapter 23, verses 12 to 24. At Rome, St. Paul spent some two whole years in his own hired house. And from the biblical evidence available, not one Sabbath visit was made. Instead, he spent the entire two years preaching the kingdom of God and those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. With all confidence, no man forbidding him. So that's Acts chapter 28, verse 31. So brethren and Sabbath-keeping friends, could anyone, after having studied the lifestyle of Paul, as recorded in the book of Acts, honestly conclude that St. Paul, the God-ordained apostle and teacher of the Gentiles, as we read in Romans chapter 11, verse 13, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, kept the Jewish Sabbath after he was converted to Christianity? Never. For from the available evidence we share today and what we have read from the book of Acts and more so from that of the epistles, Galatians chapter 4 verse 9 to 11, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 to 16, and Colossians chapter 2 verses 14 to 16, we know that Paul was neither a teacher nor a keeper of the Sabbath after his conversion from Judaism. To Christianity and of this I am absolutely sure so brethren that is the end of my segment today I will be live next Sunday again and brethren please spend time in reading your Bibles 
spend time in reading the word to strengthen yourselves because Jesus Christ will be returning and he will be returning soon so that we all can be with him in this new heaven and in this new earth. Have a safe and productive week. Remember that Jesus Christ loves you. I love you and bless.